Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to episode three, week three of the NBA season, episode three of In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am your host, Matt Thomas. Happy to be here with you guys. It is the end of a long Thursday for me, but been a busy but fun week, so can't can't complain. Hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can always get on in the chat live here if you're viewing us through Facebook YouTube, Twitch, what have you. Uh, Those are our three main platforms for streaming. Or you can listen, check this out later on on the podcast feed, uh, which I have pulled up on the video here. Uh, It'll also be on our YouTube feed, regardless of how you are listening. Thank you once again for being here. I do want to pump the content that... We created this week, which I think you guys are really going to enjoy if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Last Friday, which is a while back, but the info is still relevant, we talked with Orlando Sanchez of KGW Sports in Portland about the Blazers. We talked with Wes Goldberg as well. Very fun conversation with him where he educated us a bit on heat culture and talked about the Miami Heat's Hot start, which in spite of the loss tonight against the Celtics is still a very hot start for the Heat team, looking very promising against some of the things that that I was predicting for them. We also had a great interview. Uh, Pleasure having him on the show. We talked with Matt Moore of the Action Network, and that was a fun talk on betting the NBA and some of the new rule changes and what he has been seeing so far this season. Uh, So that was a really fun chat. And then... Uh, just yesterday on Wednesday, November 3rd, we dropped an interview with the athletics own with author of dynasties, the 10 goat teams that changed the NBA forever. Marcus Thompson, the second, again, another very fun conversation. We talked about the NBA top 75 list, why clay Thompson doesn't belong on there at this point and a bunch of other fun Warrior-based topics, and then lead-wide topics, league-wide topics. Uh, So a lot of fun. We have another great interview dropping tomorrow. uh, And I won't uh, spoil who's going to be on that interview, but Bulls fans, you'll want to check that out. So that's what's been going on with us lately. Again, thank you guys for all the support we've been getting. Uh, it's, It's really one of the things I look forward to each week is doing this show Moving on, and there's no easy way to segue into this, but this is such a big story that I really can't avoid talking about it today um, because this is going to be a huge story 
uh, presumably at least for the next week, maybe longer. And we have a potential NBA owner that is going to be pushed out of the league. In my opinion, I'll, I'll tell you why that is. Um, but you can see this is ESPN.com. This is Baxter Holmes. This dropped earlier today. Uh, allegations of racism and misogyny within the Phoenix Suns inside Robert Sarver's 17 year tenure as owner. This is such a long article. I actually didn't even finish reading it as I was preparing for this stream. So some of the, actually pretty much all the allegations in here are pretty terrible. Uh, and you have this article again, you can go on ESPN.com to check this out. I'm sure it's on the front page right now, but you have in this article, basically a back and forth between people, um, that have been interviewed for the article and the allegations made against him. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but you can check that out for yourself. And then you have that trading out with basically statements that are saying, uh, through his legal team, through his attorney team, Robert Sarver says such, such, such as a response to the allegation. Uh, there is a bit of a he said, she said element to a lot of these allegations. But here's the problem. And here's why I think Robert Sarver is going to be out in Phoenix. Now, granted, you know, I I also want to wait until more information comes forward, but it does seem like it's, it's more of a, he said, they said story rather than he said, she said. So you have 70 plus people that were interviewed making these allegations against Robert Sarver. And I think that is certainly more than enough to make them credible. Even if all these allegations are not true or not happening exactly as they said, I think enough of these allegations, which again, it's it's a long, long article. I spent 20 minutes or so reading it and just allegation after allegation against Robert Sarver. Uh, we saw Donald Sterling get kicked out by the Clippers uh, for audio that was recorded of, of him uh, with, uh, I guess, his, his mistress at the time. Um, and that was enough for Adam Silver to step in and remove him from ownership. I would imagine the same thing is going to happen with Robert Sarver, unless there is just a lot of information that we don't know in his defense. But it's it's hard to imagine that scenario. A couple things here. Very interesting. Clutch Sports is heavily involved in this story uh, because they represented coach at the time, Earl Watson who had a short tenure as head coach of the Phoenix Suns. So it is kind of interesting. Clutch is, again, heavily involved in this. On the other hand, the one person that you have defending Robert Sarver is a guy who I think has a lot of credibility around the league in James Jones. He, of course, is the current general manager of the Suns. Um. And I don't know. It, it just seems like with so many voices on the other side of this, it, it's not going to be enough to have James Jones backing him. It is interesting, the stark contrast between the allegation that is made. Again, I'm not going to get into the specifics. And then basically a blatant denial of it happening 
or a lot of defense that stems from, well, that was a joke. We both laughed in the moment. I didn't realize I had made so-and-so feel uncomfortable, and I regret that. Uh, very, very stark contrast between what is being alleged in most cases and the approach that the defense is taking in how they are characterizing what is going on here. So let me know what you guys think in the comments, seeing this later on. But I, I think given that there's 70 plus people, again, making allegations, um, I, I just don't see how Robert Sarver uh, retains ownership of the Suns. It had long been known that he was difficult to work for. Very, very toxic owner. Part of the reason that they had had such poor success up until just these past two seasons. Um, I remember there was a story of former GM where the, some type of odd motivational tactic was to fill his office. Like Robert Sarver had someone bring in goats into his office. And so there was a uh, goat waste all over his office. And that was supposed to be some sort of, Hey, go get them type of motivation from Robert Sarver. So just bizarre things happening in Phoenix has, has been known for a long time and now just seems really toxic and insurmountable. Let's move on here. Um, we have, let's have a quick look at the standings in the league. So the Knicks were at the top of this list, looking at the Eastern Conference standings. They are now in seventh. Not to worry, they just lost two games straight. Teams that are on win streaks right now, Brooklyn has been bouncing back. The Raptors have won their last five games. So they started one and three, and now they're six and three. So huge props to them for getting back in motion. I did not have the Raptors making a play-in game. We'll see. It's it's early, but that's looking like a bad call on my part at, at the moment. Uh, the 76ers are 7-2 and two, sitting at the top of the East. They have won their last five games in spite of not having Ben Simmons, as we all know. The Bucks have also started to show more signs of life. Um, the Celtics are still sitting as one of the bottom five teams in the East, which is pretty surprising, but they have won their last two. The Hawks have the same record as them and are sitting in 12th right now. Both pretty shocking. The Pacers have won their last two. That was huge because they started one in six. Uh, the Magic and the Pistons, no surprise, are at the bottom of the East. Looking at the West, the Jazz have won their last three games. They're sitting pretty at seven and one at the top of the West. The Warriors are in second. They've won their last two games. The Lakers have won their last Three games, they are sitting at fourth right now underneath the Mavericks. But don't be too proud, uh, Lakers fans, because two of those games were against my Rockets. And we know uh, the Rockets are young and learning how to play in the NBA right now, basically. Um, the rest of the West, not too much. Stands out to me. The Rockets are on a huge losing streak. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Not a big shock. The Pelicans actually leads us into our next topic, but they have lost their last five games. They are at the very bottom of the West. Also concerning the Blazers and the T-Wolves have both lost their last three games. The T-Wolves are at 10. The Minnesota Timberwolves are 10th. The Trailblazers are 11th. The, the Blazers need to win soon. 
Uh, Blazers need to get back into like the top eight soon, I think, for people not to go into panic mode over this team. Uh, and given the volatility with the Dame situation, Damian Lillard situation, they need to win soon. Um, so let's talk about the Pelicans. This is from insider.com. And it says, former teammate says Zion Williamson needs to get in better shape amid rumors. He weighs over 300 pounds. This was talked about a lot on Twitter, a lot in NBA circles. It's talked about on the Bill Simmons podcast. Basically, Zion, there has been at least specula- speculation that he was over 300 pounds this offseason while recovering from a foot surgery. He's still out. He still has not seen playing time this season. He's listed at 284 pounds, so it's not inconceivable that he could be over 300 pounds at the moment, especially a foot surgery. Your activity is going to be down. So if he's not controlling his diet, then you see how that could um, that could happen quickly. Um, on So this is from the Insider article, and it talks about Williamson was on J.J. Reddick's podcast back in March. Here's something that he said with regards to his mindset with conditioning, his thoughts on conditioning. Uh, From Zion, quote, I do think there is another gear that I can reach regarding my weight and conditioning. But I think it's like you said, it's finding it because I don't want to get to a spot where I'm like, yeah, I lost a lot of weight, but I don't feel strong. I can't do certain things that I would do before. I think it's just finding it. I do think there's another gear I can reach regarding both weight and conditioning. Look, my advice to Zion as a strength and conditioning specialist, obviously he has people working with him. I'm sure that have much more experience than I do in basketball circles, but I do think Zion should be under 250 pounds at least. Uh, I know he has, he has a wide stout frame, but he's only six, six with how fast he runs with how high he can jump. I don't think asking under 250 pounds is that big of an ask for an athlete of his caliber. I think you could argue if he wants durability in the league where you do run a lot more now in the modern era, there, there aren't as many stops um, and it's three point error. So you're going up and down the court. Um, I, I think he needs to lose that weight so he can handle all the running and all the landing, all the potential collisions, but more importantly, just the impact of, all the miles that you're running in your average NBA game in the modern era. So uh, I have huge concerns. I have, this is a potential red flag here with Zion. Uh, if this weight issue is true and you do wonder, you know, he's, he's consistently been injured over the course of his NBA career. You wonder if, Zion is going to end up one of these, and of course, hope this isn't the case, but you do have to start wondering, is Zion going to end up being a case like Penny Hardaway from the Magic in the 90s? Guy who shows so much promise, uh, potentially looks like um, a, a um, a new avatar of a player at his position, uh, like a new prototype of a player. Very exciting to watch. Different than other players that you watch. Very unique. Uh, and yet injuries just hold him back, you know. So, of course, we hope that doesn't happen. 
Hope he gets it together. The Pelicans are one and eight right now. In this article, there's also talk about Zion and him and his family's icy relationship with the Pelicans organization. So it doesn't seem likely. It seems likely he'll extend to get the um, extension money and the, and the guaranteed money, especially given the injury concerns. I, I think that's bound to happen. But I don't think Zion is going to be a Pelican long-term after that, once he has the opportunity to leave based on what we're hearing already. So best wishes to Zion. We want to see him out there. Of course, the NBA is better. The Pelicans are a lot better with Zion Williamson out on the court. Um, I hope he can recover from this foot surgery and and come back strong and hopefully uh, relinquish all doubt. Let's move on to another story. And man, I'm sorry. We got some negative headlines here. Um, computers buffering, give, give this just a second. So this story, uh, is about the last dance, uh, what kind of launched our hoopsology podcast relaunch the last dance and Scotty Pippen came out, uh, promoting his book. And there were excerpts from his book that, uh, took fire. Took, took the NBA internet at least ablaze. Uh, this is an article I'm looking at from the New York Times. Scottie Pippen takes aim at Michael Jordan in new book. This is written by Sopan Deb uh, of the New York Times. Um, and one of the notable quotes here, uh, Pippen writes in his book, quote, glorified... The Last Dance glorified Michael Jordan while not giving nearly enough praise to me and my proud teammates. That's coming from Scottie Pippen. Quote, how dare Michael treat us that way after everything we did for him and his precious brand. To make things worse, Michael received $10 million for his role in the dock while my teammates and I didn't earn a dime. So later on in the article, he also uh, goes on just to confirm that, quote, Michael and I aren't close and never have been. Um, it's a bummer. He, he also talks about um, the coach Phil Jackson incident from earlier this year on the Dan Patrick show, where basically Pippen accuses Phil Jackson of uh, being a racist. It, in my opinion, was really unfortunate um, and not really based in reason. Of course, I was not on the team there, but um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's been a bummer seeing uh, promotions for this book, promotions for things that Scottie Pippen has been doing lately. He's basically just been torching the 90s Bulls, not to say that that's a perfect franchise. Of course, there are things behind the scenes and reasons you could understand him being bitter. The contract that they talk about in the last dance that Pippen signed, where he was very underpaid for uh, the level of talent at his position relative to other players in the nineties. He, he signed a bad contract early on. Um, and it was a long contract. There's also a portion here that might be worth your time reading. If, um, if you're on the New York times, if you want to look this up, you just simply Google Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan at this point. But, uh, the interview that he gives here is, is very awkward. The quotes are on the New York times. It gets more and more abrupt, as it goes on and Scotty Pippen just gets angry and kind of cuts answers short and uh, the interview short. So it's unfortunate overall. 
you know, I think we get the, the more we hear from Scotty Pippen on stuff like this, sadly, the more this is hurting his legacy. I, I don't think this is building him up. I don't think this is going to make people say, gosh, we really underappreciated Scotty Pippen. I grew up in the nineties. This is my era watching basketball. This is the era I enjoyed. I don't feel Scotty Pippen was underlooked at all during that time. I think everyone understood Scotty Pippen is not Michael Jordan. Athletes are very competitive. Maybe Scotty Pippen thinks he's every bit as good as Michael Jordan. I'm glad that that level of ego um, promoted him into being one of the greatest NBA players in the nineties. But the reality is too, these guys needed each other. Jordan didn't have, and they talk about this in the last dance. Jordan didn't have a title before Pippen got there. We all know. And of course, uh, Pippen didn't have a title before that either. They had success once Pippen joined the Bulls. This is kind of the story that I will always remember, kind of this symbiotic relationship between these two guys and Scottie Pippen being the best Robin in the league. And I don't say that in a condescending way, in any way to diminish Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was amazing. Scottie Pippen was one of the best basketball players in the 90s, in the end of the golden age of, of basketball, in my opinion. Uh, so it's unfortunate. You know, nobody likes sour grapes. It's it's just not attractive. It's interesting to hear Pippen's perspective on these things. Sure. I mean, I, I read this. Um, I look into it. But it's just really unfortunate to kind of see behind the curtain sometimes, especially these athletes that you grew up watching, these teams you grew up loving, uh, and something that's as tied in our nostalgia you know if you're around my age if you're in your 30s and you grew up watching the bulls you know the bulls are synonymous with growing up in the 90s the bulls are synonymous with nba fandom the 90s bulls anyway so it's it's just unfortunate to see things unravel like this um if you know some of the stuff that scotty pippen says really is true which maybe it is maybe it isn't that's very disappointing if it isn't true, it's also disappointing that Scottie Pippen is is going out this way to sell a book. Um, you know, so I think also watching the last dance, I didn't really I actually said on our recap, I I didn't feel like the last dance threw Pippen under the bus all that much. It did report on that whole incident of him, of course, uh sitting in that playoff game, which happened. But, you know, part of the reality is that's a fact. He did decide to take him out at the end of that game. Overall, I think for the younger generation of NBA fans, the last dance just lit a fire, shined a light on these names that many young NBA fans had never heard before. They knew of Steve Kerr, for example, as just the coach of the Warriors, potentially. They knew of... um Scotty Pippen as some guy they had seen on the jump before, but hadn't really seen all that many of his highlights. Uh, they, they didn't really know much about Tony Kukoc and a foreign basketball player coming and playing in the NBA in the nineties and what that looked like. So I think it, it showed It certainly, I mean, it, look, it's the jump jump man 23 company that, um, 
granted access to this footage. It's it's Michael Jordan's company. Of course, it was going to glorify Michael Jordan. That was part of Justin and my criticism of it is that we wanted more stuff with rare team footage in it rather than just this sort of retelling of Michael Jordan's story. But it is what it is. Uh, Pippen also makes the claim that Jordan released it to make sure that people knew that he is the goat and not LeBron. But we already knew long before Pippen released his book that Michael Jordan approved this footage. I believe it was, it was either the night of or the night after the Bulls, or or I'm sorry, the LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Warriors in the finals and arguably the greatest uh, playoff comeback among all major sports. So we already knew this was released several years ago. I don't think that's any surprise. And I don't think people would deny that. Um, You know, this, this was clearly an attempt to continue Jordan's relevancy to a younger generation, but it was still good. I still think it was a net positive for those teammates that participated in the interviews. Um, So I, I tend to disagree with Scottie Pippen's perspective. It makes me sad as a basketball fan and as someone who liked those 90s Bulls teams. I mean, how could you not at least respect them? It makes me sad that he feels that way to this day, that he is so bitter and resentful towards Michael Jordan. Uh, I, I certainly don't think either of those guys would be as much of a household name as they are without each other. So it's unfortunate. Uh, Quickly, guys, let's wrap up here. I've already gone 25 minutes, so I need to stop. Rocket recap real quickly. I had the pleasure of sitting down and watching the Rockets lose to the Lakers, but only by two points. It was by far the best Rockets game of the season. I believe Jalen Green had 24 points in that game. He will be right in the hunt for rookie of the year. He had a slow start, but he's finding his way. He's having highlight moments, which we know is important for the young NBA crowd. So I think there were a lot of positives from this Lakers game. The Lakers played all their starters. LeBron played in this game. He's out with an injury now uh, for the next week, but it was a full Lakers squad and the Rockets hung with them without Eric Gordon, without Daniel house uh, jr. Um, so without a couple pieces there, the Rockets were able to hang with them. I think it was a huge, um, a huge, uh, not accomplished. I, th- I think it was a little bit of a moral victory in spite of the loss. And I think it was a good learning experience for that young team. Uh, they could have won it on a Kevin Porter Jr. shot at the buzzer and it just rimmed out. So tough luck there. Um, but I think this team is going to get more and more fun to watch and, Uh, get more and more talented as well as they develop. Anyway, I got to go. I got to get out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed the stream. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. We thank you again for all your support. Whatever way you want to do it, audio, video, or both, we are here for you trying to give you excellent, thoughtful basketball content. So we have uh, tremendous interviews. You're getting small clips of those on our YouTube channel. If you want to check out video portion, you're also getting things like this and other short opinion pieces there on YouTube. And then we also have our main podcast feed. If you're more into putting on a podcast while you're doing other chores, doing stuff like that, getting through your day, you guys all take care. Have a great weekend. 
God bless. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care and thanks again.